Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the All Things SR podcast. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Pam, and good morning, everybody. It's great to see everyone in the chat room on this Saturday. Um, yes, I should say is. good morning or good afternoon for our friends across the pond. I see Franca's joined us, so hi, Franca. Franca, and- thank you thank you very much, because I had the wrong date for today. I thought it was the 23rd. It's actually the 22nd, which would have been yeah. my... Which would have been my grandmother's hundred and twenty-third birthday. Oh well, cheers to your grandmother. Yeah, really. She would be laughing at me right now because I'm sitting in my pajamas in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be very upset with me. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> A proper lady wouldn't do that. Oh, of course not. <laughs> of course not. My grandmother, oh my, my grandmother was, God rest her, she was Hyacinth Bouquet from uh, that British TV series. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've seen, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Yes. Um, or it's Hyacinth so good to Bucket. See. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to see the SR Fox and Brenda and Ashley, Laura, Cheryl. And uh, Ms. Epiphany and Betty joining Franca in the chat room this morning. Yes. I hope we have some more of our friends popping in. Happy <laughs> weekend, sure yes. Um, Happy weekend as, is right. And Ashley was saying the new Gabriel Rapture behind-the-scene photos are filling me with such emotion. And the SR Fox said, yes, they're spoiling us once again. Absolutely, they truly are. They, are. they, they truly are. are. And. Cheryl uh, was happy to see some of the crew and cast at the Aquarium and Puppetry Arts um, in Atlanta. As you know, Cheryl's a listener who um, it lives in Hotlanta, so she can pick out usually where they are right away uh, mm-hmm. just by seeing the locale. Um, and and, and as Betty so says, and before we know it, we'll have a teaser, a trailer, and a premiere date. Mm-hmm. That's very mm-hmm. true. I understand, though, that uh, there's, they've signed up. Pe- uh, uh, they're looking for for the uh, red carpet for Wicket. Oh, very nice. Through, so that'll be interesting. That's right. Passion Flicks' next mm-hmm. uh, film is coming out the end of this week. That's right. And so. um, kudos to them because this mm-hmm. is the one that they had to film through pandemic times. So... Um, in addition to the shorts that they put out, which P.S., they were really, really great. They lots of fun. Um, quickies, as they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really eager to see Wicked. Um, and in true, my true to form self, I will not watch it until I read the book. So I need to get reading. And But I'm halfway through a Brenda Jackson book that I can't put down. So I think I'm going to have a lot of... Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm going to make sure I get the reading in before I watch the film, but I'm super excited to see Wicked in particular because of the setting being in New Orleans, and mm-hmm. I love that town. I know Brenda says she wishes they would do it in New Orleans. Um, I know, I know. I just think there's a lot going on right now, and I still think, um, I still think it is uh, something you know. They're navigating as, as things are opening up again. Um, I believe it is a virtual premiere, Cheryl. Um, but I think the film officially premieres at, on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I think so. And I, I do believe that it's a virtual thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Ashley, Ashley said she's not going to watch Wicked till she reads the book. That's my, that's my passion flicks. Uh, that's my, 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 that's well, my M.O. My I want to read my, the book and see how they bring it to life. My prob my problem is is I've got three books going at the same time. So I'm I you know it's like if I if I uh, wait till all that was done, then I'd be yes. in big trouble. I'd be in big trouble. <laughs> and I'm just laughing out loud. Brenda says yes, that's my hometown. Y'all should stop by for a visit on Friday. Is the Friday is the uh, premiere the the first uh, the the actual um, mm-hmm. movie. Uh, Everybody can stream it on Friday. Brenda, so we have another New Orleans. Um, I hope you guys have been okay through uh, these horrible storms and floods I was seeing down there last week. Um, Really, really 
terrible. My mom actually was baptized in Baton Rouge. So I need to, I actually didn't realize that when I was there a couple years Mm -hmm. ago, but I need to go to the Greek Orthodox uh, church in Baton Rouge to see where my mother was baptized. Um, Love that part of the world. Really, really great. The the people are so beautiful and welcoming and fun. I always um, love that part of the world, but not in the summer. <laughs> not when it's 90 degrees and my degrees. I know. You know I like it. I'm the only person on the planet, I think, who likes the hot, soggy weather. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's but there's a reason why we have AC as well. So That's very true. That's very true. And Brenda noted we've been okay further towards Texas, though. It's been bad about two and three hours from where she lives. Mm-hmm. So I just hope everyone who's been affected by these storms and this weather and also the violence, wherever it may be occurring around the world, um, I just pray for peace and for safety for people. And poor Betty, Paul needs a quickie, and also her her cow did not make it into the scene. Oh. Oh, Mary Sunshine did not make it in the form scenes. I am so, so sorry. <laughs> maybe Uh, we'll have to slip mary sunshine into uh the desk of professor uh professor paul professor paul (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. that that would be interesting (laughs) so and i see we have a couple more who just joined Uh anna and, and Kenzie and Ellie. So Ellie, welcome. raising a glass of coffee to you on the west coast of the U.S. Good morning. Thanks for joining. Well, I hope you have something in that coffee that's that's cheerful. <laughs> I, uh, you know what? I don't have anything in that coffee, oh, no. and oh, no. except 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 cow's milk. So mm. keeping with the Paul Norris theme. Yes. Um, <laughs> still have some Macallan sitting next to my uh, on my bed table though. I stuck some uh, Jamesons in the closet there. So anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to put McAllen in my coffee. Just saying. no, no. Just saying, I wouldn't do that either. Anyway, Mm-mm. so we got a lot going on today with the chapter. It's a big one. I know. The, it's a big. Ending. It's a big second part of the chapter. You know, we talked about splitting it in two. Pam, I'm mm. almost wondering if she, we should have split it in three. Yeah, I was thinking uh, but that it, too, because there's so much content together. in it, but. But it, the split where we did it is the natural split, so I think mm. it works out. But yeah, a lot of SR news as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, know, the, oh yeah. So um, you're gonna give us a little I am. taste got, of that. He says he has lots of good news this week. Gabriel's Rapture continues filming in Georgia, and it's going very well. And this week, Gabriel's Inferno ebook went on sale for dollar ninety nine for a limited time across all platforms. That's very That's cool. significant. Yeah, we, um, you know, especially for people who are just discovering the books, it's a great way. And even if you're, you've been a fan for years of them, it's such a great way to share the SR goodness. You know, you tell your friend, it's just $1.99, give it a mm-hmm. shot. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's it's super good. I, I'm, uh, I've been mentioning it to some of my friends uh, because I think... Everybody needs a little SR in their life. Absolutely, they do. They do. <laughs> so, um, the Italian translation of the Roman has just been re- released by Delray Edzioni, and they ship around the world, and so does Amazon.it. So, if anybody's interested in getting the Italian copies of the Florentine series, go for it. I'm, and I'm curious, Franca, are you are you going to do that since Italian is? Uh, is one of your your native languages, I believe. You probably already read it in Italian, I'm guessing. And I, it looks beautiful. The cover looks. Amazon it does look, I like top one hundred. Cheryl Cheryl noted. Yep, that's right. Uh, and, it, it, and, as of yesterday, it was number sixty-seven on the list. I think. So that's very cool. Wow. Um, very cool. Exmo, my the Russian publisher, has released a limited edition box set of the first three Gabriel books. Which is very cool. That is cool. I love the fact they did a box set for for the Russian readers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Betty notes that Snarky will love all the attention. He knows the ladies love a sale. <laughs> <laughs> Snarky yes, loves everything. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
and and uh, Ashley's noting that she is uh, has all the iBooks in all formats. So that is that, very cool. That is funny. Um, so the all book editorial of Brazil is gearing up to release the Brazilian edition of the Man in the Black Suit. SR thinks it will be released in June, but he doesn't have a firm date yet. Um, the Passion Flix has started shipping the DVDs of Gabriel's Inferno, so that. The pre-order should get their shipment shortly, and those who would like to order the DVD can do so from the website, and it will be quickly shipped. Um, he's, he thinks that's all the news he has, and he uh, wants to wish all the Canadians a happy Victoria Day, because that is this weekend. So it's a long weekend yes. in Canada this weekend, which is very cool. And lastly, if you remember, well, not quite lastly, last week when um, I had mentioned it, uh, I wondered if SR had ever tried haggis. So I sent him a little <laughs> yes. note. And I was just one line. Haggis, yes or no. <laughs> and uh, he has said, I tried it in Scotland. It was awful. O-F-F-A-L. So, <laughs> as opposed to a W. SR, not a haggis fan. No, I don't think he is a haggis fan. Fan of scotch, not of haggis. <laughs> Which, by the so. way... If anybody or anybody's looking for a Lafroy quarter cast, it is on our fine wine and spirit stores here in Pennsylvania for only $74.99. So if that's, and that's just a normal size bottle. So yeah, not, maybe not the, I might need to line my shelves with that. Uh, <laughs> SR has an expensive taste. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. So he also, um, just one other thing I, that I forgot that um, I, was listening, I was listening to something this morning. Did you know that in Tangled Up in Blue, the Bob Dylan song, he mentions the 13th century poet? I did so, not realize that. Yes. But so, you and I had talked about it might be an interesting show to go through all the pop culture references to Dante. Mm -hmm. um, because there is a lot throughout, throughout yep. the various arts, music, literature, film, and, uh, um, obviously the visual arts, mm -hmm. um, that's, is very cool. That's that, not, is, that yeah, doesn't so, surprise me. So early one and, morning, early one morning and he's, you know, she went, he went back to her apartment and she was reading poems from a 13th century poet. Italian poet. So that's the basically the line. So I thought that was interesting. So that's all I, I that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, all. Well, SR, SR gave us a bunch, you know, he, there's a lot going on in the SR world. And the filming, getting all the different clips and um, behind the scenes shots have been a lot of fun throughout the mm -hmm. week, too. They have been. They have been. <laughs> I, I've seen Spoiler some of them. Man I haven't seen all well. of them. Spoiler Man has done well. <laughs> he and never disappoints. Well, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Paul did really nice, too, with some stuff outside the um, place they're staying. If you noticed in the garden, there was a pink flamingo, <laughs> which SR pointed <laughs> out, or somebody pointed it out this week, and he retweeted it. Um, but I also noticed that there were stadium seats from a baseball stadium. Just let I'd pass that along. So. <laughs> I would love to be down there. I really, really would. That's. Would I'm just so happy for them. I'm glad they got the production underway. It's super exciting that they're getting towards the end of filming, um, and you know, just really, really happy for every uh, mm -hmm. for everyone involved. Um, uh, I, and I noticed SR, the SR Fox has the Italian version, too, of mm -hmm. uh, uh, she had uh, uh, just noted that. And Franca said, sorry, talking ebooks. If I want the paperbacks, I might be able to buy them, but the postage will probably cost a fortune. Passion Flicks has just shipped my DVD for me. I'm praying like crazy it gets here as our mail system is shocking. Cost her $46 in the end with postage. Wow. And that's one thing. Yes, we know from our friends who live all over the place, the shipping can be really um, painful <laughs> to pay for. It's, it's, and and but, just, 
just as a side note on that, I know that um, the Emerson have a uh, Fox store, SRS Foxy store, mm -hmm. and that is to help if if you are having problems getting the DVDs because of shipping costs. So, you know, maybe you might want to talk to somebody over within the group like MJ or somebody. They might be able to help you out as far as getting getting the DVD without breaking your bank account. Yeah, which I which yes. I did this week. Anyway, <clears throat> I hope to. I still need to order it. I do too, but yeah. Uh, but now that they're out, it'll be a lot easier. Wednesday's payday, so mm -hmm. <laughs> so watch out. There you go. <laughs> it goes quick. Money in, money out, right? Yeah, the out. <laughs> and, money out. Money yes, out, as money Betty. Out. Exactly. As Betty mm -hmm. said, Dante's taken over the world and the boss is heading in the same direction. <laughs> so, so anyhow. let's dig back in since we, I, it's so easy for us to chat to, about all the fun, um, the fun stuff. And then we get, uh, we get caught up and yes. <laughs> have to, and there's so much goodness in this chapter. I'm there really, really I'm super glad that everybody's been able to join this morning. Mm-hmm. Anna says she needs to order and buy a DVD player. <laughs> and they I'm usually help. Um, with you because we have to get a new DVD player too. Um, my daughter has one in her, uh, you know, my daughter bought one, but I was the one that we had just was tanked. So I was like, yeah, I need to do that. <clears throat> and Betty noted when people buy items from the Foxy Corner, the proceeds go to giving away a DVD to an international reader. So thanks for the clarification on that, Betty. Um, that's, uh, yes. So the Foxy corner, um, for the Ember zoom, uh, check it out and you can learn more about that there, mm -hmm. um, as we go on. So, uh, the chapter begins, as you know, we shouldn't say the chapter begins. This is halfway through chapter 24 and we had just had the, interactions with uh, Professor Wodehouse and Catherine Picton. Um, this, they were assembling to go hear um, what the esteemed state sage lecturer had to say um, at the formal announcement. Um, so where we are picking up is Gabriel starting to st take the stage. So uh, he adjusted the microphone and took his black framed glasses adjusted his notes while a hush fell over the audience. So I love when the professor is in his, his ultimate professor mode. It is fantastic. And mm -hmm. those Prada frames just rock the house. It's, you can just envision the scene, right? So he begins by thanking Mr. Principal, members of the university court colleagues, ladies and gentlemen for the invitation for the university of Edinburgh and to the invitation to uh, present the sage lectures, which he respectfully accepts. Um, he also gave thanks to Boston University for its support of his research. And then, of course, importantly, that of his wife, Julianne. Um, because of her support in the university, he is able to relocate to Edinburgh for the 2013-2014 academic year. So I love the nod to his love. I think it's a wonderful... Um, just a wonderful uh, reinforcement of their connection. And the fact that he called her out in addition to the formal uh, thank yous, I think is really important. It's, it demonstrates their, their bond. Um, the principal had invited him to say a few words about the lectures he would be giving. And he began in his Italian and apologies uh, for those of you who speak Italian, I will do my best. Non dovreste mai se non morte la vostra donna. C'è morta la vostra donna, c'è morte obliare. So Dante speaks in la vita nuova. Except by death, we must not any way forget our lady who is gone from us. So Gabriel's looking at Julia as he's saying these words and saying that Dante gives us poetry from his heart describing the constancy of his devotion to Beatrice. And I love the fact that he used this, uh, this quote from 
La Vida Nuova at mm-hmm. the beginning to start his lecture. I just, I thought that was a great way to start the tone. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking, Betty said, what about Professor Picton? Shouldn't she get a shout out? Um, and thank you, Lori. Lori said, very good, Leslie. You're very kind. Um, Professor Mode in full regalia, Anna said. Um, and, you know, he definitely was. He was presenting this. Um, and he, I, I love the fact that he just had that, the initial frame of this was his devotion to Beatrice and the poetry and the love that Dante is professing. I just like the way he started the whole, mm-hmm. the whole conversation. And he goes on to talk about Dante being born in Florence and in 1265 AD and that Dante is known for his poetry as well as his political writings and activism in Florentine politics. He's also known for his passionate and unconsummated love for Beatrice. And um, isn't that the truth? That is the truth. And thank you, Franca. She, Franca said, not bad at all, Leslie. Some difficult words there. You're very kind. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, mine's just as bad. <laughs> it's not, probably worse, anyway. Yes, and I just want to say we just have a new uh, uh, Black Lab lady just joined. Hello, greetings from up in Maine. I uh, hope you're having a wonderful morning. We're talking about the second part of Chapter 24 of Gabriel's Promise, and uh, Professor Emerson is delivering his lecture. So So, um, Gabriel is telling them how they met, how Dante and Beatrice met at the age of nine, and now your blessedness appears. Always a major line in, in this book. Mm-hmm. They never, but they don't, Dante and Beatrice don't go across paths again until like 1283. And the moment he saw her, the culmination of the blessedness. And at this moment, that moment was immortalized in, in Henry Halliday's painting. And if you ever notice on the painting, it looks like Dante is like holding his chest with his heart. Because he's mm-hmm. just so taken back by it. So it's he, consuming. It is consuming. So he's nodding at the back of the to the back of the room, and I'm assuming there's someone back back there with a clicker to put on his slides. And he pulls up a picture of the holiday painting. Um Julia knew the per, had personal feelings for this painting, as did it. Gabriel. In fact, they had a copy of it in their bedroom in Cambridge. And, uh, you know, he continued on by saying, but Gabriel continued on by saying that Dante's life was uh, shaken by their second meeting. He loves her. He worships her. He devotes his time and attention praising her in poetry and thought. But she married. She's married. She married somebody in 1287. Simon Debardi. So Gabriel now pauses and he's looking at the audience and saying, matter of fact, he says Dante's married as well. And, uh, but he doesn't devote poetry to her at all. And so Levita Nuova paints a picture of a love-struck, single-minded man who adores another man's wife. Is it love? Is it lust? Or is it, it is certainly passionate, even if it's unconsumed. So, so Dante and Beatrice have become the model of courtly love. It's like having, I, I guess, like having an emotional affair with someone. They had this, he had this emotional affair with Beatrice, um, which can be the most painful kind of affair of, of any kind. But truth Absolutely. is, but truth is, we don't know what would have happened if uh, she hadn't died at the age of twenty-four. Very true. And in the Inferno, in Canto Five, Dante describes the conversation between himself and Francesca di Rimini. Uh, Gabriel suggested it could be a nod to what could have happened if Beatrice had not died, and asks, or is there a different subtext to Dante's conversation with Francesca? Uh, Gabriel said that they will explore this in his lecture. You know, so as I'm I'm reading this and as I'm writing this out uh, for the notes. 
you know, I, I was just looking at the, the that Julian Gabriel being Dante and Beatrice, and, uh, you know, they certainly had a lot of stuff thrown at them as well. And, you know, his drug addiction where he disappeared for a while and mm -hmm. uh, finally meeting up with him again and not, you know, no recognition from him right away in Inferno and their separation. So they had a lot that uh, entanglements that sidetracked their relationship a bit. But they were able to work through the rings of hell and purgatory to find their paradise. And I know I'm being Captain Obvious there, so because it's, you know, such a prevalent, uh, SR talks about that prevalence throughout the story, so. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's a good point. Um, it's, it's one of those things that it, it's almost like an imagination or a reimagination of the what if, you know, what mm -hmm. if, if things would have been different for Dante and Beatrice, this is kind of the, um, the fulfillment of that. And, uh, they are able to walk through the rings of hell and purgatory to find their paradise. And I, I love that. And I love that there is a Virgil who helps, helps and guides them and supports them along the way. Um, even so I just think cows. that's exactly. And I do <laughs> want to note, I just put in the chat box, uh, the Amazon link for the dollar 99 sale, but it is, it should be available. If you look up Gabriel's Inferno on whatever platform, I typically will go with Barnes and Noble. Um, I will, you can find the dollar 99 sale for Gabriel's mm -hmm. Inferno. And I, and I and, think if you, if you go to BookBub, it also gives lists out the different platforms. Yes. And, and uh, a wonderful good morning to you, Annette. Good morning, Annette. Um, another, another New Orleans lady joining us this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, wondering if you're in the Walmart queue uh, right now or not. <laughs> or, uh, but just saying good morning and glad you could join us. We're talking chapter 24. Um, Gabriel's presenting his lecture, or not his lecture, but he's presenting his talk to describe what he'll be exploring in the Sage Lectures. Mm -hmm. So, and yes, Betty, Team Virgil, I actually, I, I wove that in just so I could give a nod to your beloved. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and Annette is in the parking lot, so oh, good. <laughs> I'm waving to you there. So as we go, um, as Gabriel shifts his papers around, he, will con he continues on. He talks about La Vida Nuova. And as you may recall, we, we did a podcast about La Vida mm -hmm. Nuova. You could check that out because we did some research on that. There's a lot to find and discover about that particular, that particular Dante work. So and it's, um, it's, check it out. It's a great read, too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it can be a little out it's there, but it's not. 13th you know. century poetry, you know? Right, right. But it's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And La Vida Nuova is Dante's first person account of his encounters with Beatrice and his love for her. So it really is. It's a very floral, lyrical love mm -hmm. poem. Mm -hmm. um, he and, and he, Dante ends the poem with a solemn vow to study and show himself worthy so he can write in tribute to her. So again, here's these themes that uh, emerge and evolve and resonate throughout the Gabriel um, landscape, right? Proving his mm -hmm. worthiness, feeling that he's unworthy and, and working on it. And as Kenzie noted, a brilliant read. Yes. 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 I mean, Absolutely. this is one of the things that captivated us are about this whole, the, this whole story. So again, Gabriel nods. Uh, he, he noted that he is also hoping his soul will be reunited with hers in paradise. And there, Gabriel nods, kind of giving the, okay, next slide, please. And there, upon the screen, is Botticelli's illustrations of Dante's Divine Comedy. And he notes that in the illustration, we see Dante confessing to Beatrice, and Beatrice revealing her face, um, according to Canto 31 of Purgatorio. So as Gabriel continues in La Vida Nuova, Dante tells us of a man's obsession of his muse, as well as the rest of the story. And Dante mourns Beatrice's untimely death for the rest of his life, and how he wrote the Divine Comedy, at least in part, as a tribute to her. 
So it really, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's a very emotional oh, um, and a very, it, it's just, there's a lot of layers to this whole process. So, mm -hmm. and in the Inferno, he, Professor Emerson continues, um, it starts with Dante's confession that he had strayed into the shadows and lost the right path. And Virgil arrives explaining that he was sent by Beatrice. And Virgil says that in a conversation he had with Beatrice, that she is Dante as her friend. She sees Dante as her friend and worried that he is beyond rescue. Um, and according to Beatrice, he has been turned by fear. So, you know, Beatrice was sharing this with Virgil. Uh, Virgil's explaining to, Dante, you know, Dante's saying, you know, I'm, I've just lost my way. I, I, I don't know where to go. And Virgil's saying, Beatrice has sent me. Um, she's worried about you. And she feels that fear is driving you. And it is actually the Blessed Virgin Mary who tells St. Lucy, who speaks, who seeks Beatrice, wondering why she has not helped the man she loves. And that spurns her on to seek out Virgil. So I, I just think that whole element is interesting. It's almost mm -hmm. like she held back. She, she held back until she was, had this prompt um, to, to go and help. And uh, she reaches out to her friend Virgil, who in, in turn reaches out to her friend Dante. So skipping ahead to Purgatorio Canto 31, there's a different account of Dante and his troubles. And in that uh, episode, Beatrice accuses Dante of forsaking his devotion to her and being deceived by young women, or as Beatrice calls them, sirens. Mm -hmm. So there, how about that? There's another... Uh, Again, this this alignment, as SR, you know, writes and the Gabriel's stories, yeah, you know, like, there's this alignment about uh, Gabriel's Gabriel's women, right, and Gabriel's uh, losing himself to uh, lust, and uh, I just I just think it's really an interesting. Absolutely. Uh, and, yes, and, and as, as as Betty says, pelvic affiliates. Public um, affiliates, and also it could be Krista and um, Paulina in there as well within those. Right, segments. right, and yes, Lori, I agree. All the feels, all mm -hmm. the feels. Mm -hmm. Sr just knows how to weave that, and and that says very true. Mm -hmm. So at that point, there's like this murmur that goes throughout the audience, and uh, Julie and Catherine and Professor Woodhouse sort of look at each other and. And Gabriel clears his throat and he continues saying that Dante responds to her charge with shame. But further on, the three theological uh, virtues beg Beatrice to turn her holy eyes onto her faithful one. So Gabriel, at that point, he's looking at, he looks at Julia. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then he, Gabriel then asks, what, what are we to make of the reversal in Purgatorio? She condemned Dante for faithlessness, and he reacts in shame. And the three virtues, faith, hope, and charity, declare that Dante is, in fact, faithful to her. And Gabriel continued to ask if Dante kept his promise to Beatrice, or did he fail? There's Dante's devotion to Beatrice on one hand that includes the divine comedy, and then on the other hand, there's Beatrice's harsh words that Dante wrote in the subsequent purging of Dante's sin in Purgatorio. Purgatorio. You know, one of the brilliant things that I find about SR, this chapter with the, with the writing is it is so dense with information from Dante's works, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like, you know, he's got, it, it was a, it was he a has long, a mastery. He really has a mastery of Dante. It's, he has a real passion for, for Dante's work. He does. He does. And, and he, it's and, and it evident. Out here. Yeah. So Gabriel continues saying, in the sage lectures, he will juxtapose Dante's exchange with Francesca with his con uh, conversation with Beatrice. 
It will shed light on the literary puzzle of Beatrice's condemnation and Dante's pledge by examining Purgatorio in the light of La Guida Nova and, and the Divine Comedy. Uh, he, he also points out that Dante is not only an author, but also the center, central character of the story, suggesting that Dante's uh, true purgation consists of in penning the Purgatorio itself. I thought that was a really good point because I think that's true. I mean, mm -hmm. that's how he's working out his his issues, right? I mean, he's working it through by writing and, and sharing the story and crafting this. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, and, and, and um, Franca says, I'm convinced SR is a retired professor of Italian literature. It sounds that way, Franca. People, <laughs> I think a lot of people think that, yes. And that he said, maybe Beatrice thought Dante was pulling a Ross Geller. We were on a break. <laughs> and that, and that, uh, that uh, noted, he truly does. And he finds a way to break it down in a way readers understand. Dante's writing can be a little difficult. Mm -hmm. And as, as Kenzie notes, SR, well, SR is a researcher. Yes, he is. We know how he likes his research. And uh, if you went back to a Florentine podcast years ago, uh, about six years ago or so, um, he he would tell you what what he liked in research and, and so it was <laughs> his favorite kind to of his, research. Yeah, it, it, mostly it was about <laughs> sex. Anyway, um, so he he says you know he's going to shed light on the um, puzzle of of the two stories, and he said he says the audience laughed at this. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of funny on that anyway. And if you're a Dante, if you're a Dante enthusiast, you would understand. <laughs> <laughs> so Gabriel invites his colleagues and friends to join him on a journey of redemption. The path will go through hell, purgatory, and eventually end in paradise. And along the way, we'll meet villains and cowards, as well as great men and women, and we'll explore that what Dante can teach us about human nature, humanity at its best and its worst. And we'll learn more about the extraordinary love story of Dante and Beatrice. And then he says, thank you. So he ends his, his uh, little introductory speech. So we'd, we'd asked SR, you know, we had a bunch of questions and, and there were a few of them that he kind of put one answer to. So they, the questions were, why did you select Lovita Nova quote for Gabriel to begin the discussion of his lecture topic? Um, and that, Don, that Gabriel mentions Dante gives us poetry from his heart. How important is poetry in Gabriel's planned lectures? And how important in poetry is your writing? Um, and how did you select the le lecture topic? Is there a reason why you wanted to include the topics of Gabriel exploring? And does it tie in with a promised narratory, a narrative? Uh, and why did you choose the holiday painting uh, and Botticelli's illustration of Dante confessing to Beatrice? So, as as in typical SR form, it's not a big long answer, but it's it's to the point. Uh, he says, in putting together Gabriel's lecture, I was reflecting on where he was in research. Remember that he changed his mind about Guido de, de Montefeltro because of Julianne's careful research, and so. I was thinking about where he and Julianne were in their relationship and how that would mirror Dante and Beatrice. So thinking of Gabriel's promise as an, an analog of some of the passages mentioned in Gabriel's research and how that is foreshadowed in the prologue. And in fact, I am going to put that in the chat box so you guys can see it because I just think it's a really... I think it's always great to hear SR's words and his thoughts on on how he put things together for the book. Um, so I'll just copy that in real quick. Um, and yes, uh, Betty, I sign me up for. Betty had made a note. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one who wants to sign up to the professor's lecture, right? <laughs> Everybody's like, sign me up, raise my hand, I'll be right behind you to sign up. In a heartbeat. I know. Lori says, wouldn't that be awesome to have the ability, Betty? Uh, that would be, that would be so great. Mm -hmm. So the audience erupted in applause. Um, he acknowledged the crowd with a nod and then he sought 
and found his Julia. She smiled and clapped and his shoulders relaxed. And, um, oh, yes, Kenzie, have uh, good luck with your, with your test. I hope all goes well. It was not bad, so fear not. Yep. Um, and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for and, stopping and by. have fun on set. Yes. I'm sorry I'm not going to be there to corrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> Safe travels, friends. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, Julia saw his shoulders relax, and she did not realize the tension he'd been carrying because he hit it really well. Um, the director of research shook his hand as he walked back to his seat. Um, the director made a few closing remarks before inviting everyone to the reception in the neighboring hall. And while making his way to Julia, the principal clapped him on the shoulder. As the audience filed out and the pr principal continued to engage with Gabriel, Julia, Graham, Catherine, and Professor Wodehouse joined them. So you can see this. Um, uh, you can see the scene going on. And Professor Wodehouse <laughs> asked Julia where she was in her graduate program. Julia tasted her wine and quickly answered that she um, has finished two years already. And next fall, she's going to take her final courses and then her examinations in the winter. And the professor frowned and asked, the fall? What is she doing now? <laughs> and Julia blushed and said she was on maternity leave. And you can see, you know, you can imagine this, you know, with this dodgy Professor Wodehouse and Julia having to tell him like she's on the maternity leave. And Wodehouse was surprised and he said, good heavens. He wanted to know where the baby is and hold, how old the baby is. And Julia told him she was with a friend and she is six weeks old and he couldn't get over it. He said his wife would not have traveled to London six weeks after giving birth, yet, let alone get on an airplane and travel across the Atlantic. And he, he nodded and he said, now he understood what Catherine meant. <laughs> and I love that part, mm -hmm. right? You know, she's like, oh gosh, what now? Yeah, she's and... probably like dying inside because of, you know, he, he's much more of an authority figure in, in her field and, and you know than other people are so yes yes and so Julia glanced at Catherine and was like Catherine you know are you going to tell me what you were saying about me um, and <laughs> she said you were the more tenacious even more tenacious than your husband and you know your husband obviously and so you can imagine my reaction to her pronouncement. Mm -hmm. Professor looked at her approvingly. He was beginning to think Catherine was right, and Julia thanked him. She was trying to figure out if he was complimenting her or censuring her. And uh, Betty noted, I thought Wodehouse would be upset she was on maternity leave. I'm glad it was the opposite. So was I. Um, Me too. I, we, I wasn't sure how he was going to go on that. And I think that was a little surprise. So I wanted to throw our way at a little curveball because I think we thought he was such a traditionalist. Um, and Franca, you are welcome uh, for pasting the SR uh, answer in there. She, uh, Franca says, I love reading little notes from him to try to get into his mind and his thoughts. So, yeah, it's always great to, to understand what's behind the writing. And one way we did that was by asking him this question. Do you agree with Catherine's assessment that Julia is more tenacious than Gabriel and why? And SR wrote, I agree with Catherine's assessment. She knows both Gabriel and Julianne are very, very well. And Gabriel's tenacious and stubborn, that's true. But he can also be impatient, which undermines his tenaciousness. Julianne is very patient, and that works to her advantage, mm -hmm. which, again, inside the mind of SR. And, yes, Cheryl, Cheryl noted, I just love how accepting Wodehouse and Catherine have been of Julia. And I think it really comes from that earned respect, right? Yes. I mean, it's, it's not just the fact she's bright. It's the fact that she has worked tirelessly 
in pursuit of this and her mm-hmm. passion shows mm-hmm. too. And I think those three things in combination, um, have, have impressed them. And, and, you know, and she's a kind soul, right? She is. I mean, that's but, the other thing, her personality. It's also what I find with Julie is there, there's a quietness about her that, you know, yes. and she, it, her, her knowledge will project through, but it's done subtly, not in your face. Like, mm-hmm. like some would be. So that's what I like about her. One of the things I like about her. So the professor went on. So you're on leave this year and your husband is in Edinburgh next year. And he asked if she was going to be commuting back and forth. You know, Julie, Julie couldn't say anything about this because she hadn't talked to um, uh, with Gina at, at Harvard yet. Or Cecilia at Harvard yet. Why do I want to call her Gina? I don't know. Anyway. Um... And uh, she knew that Professor Woodhouse and Cecilia were friends. And, you know, so she she didn't want anything to get back to her until she had a chance to speak with her. Um, And uh, she, you know, she says, while he's not sure, the professor's expression had changed. It says, could it have been a smile? So we asked SR, was Woodhouse smiling? Because Professor Woodhouse is, is known to have a somewhat dour expression to, his, to himself. And he says, I don't know if Woodhouse smiles, but perhaps uh, the case is that he ceases to frown. So <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, and seeing in the chat, um, uh, Lori noted that, yes, Cheryl, she deserves all the kindness Mm-hmm. And Brenda agreed. And Lori said, respect is a better word than kindness, maybe both. And Brenda also noted she's humble, mm-hmm. which I think is very true. I, I think that humility is is really um, a compelling trait of Julia that um, we don't always talk about as much as we should. So I think that was a great point. Mm-hmm. And Annette noted, she knows what she needed to pr- truly prove herself. And even though she has, she doesn't want to let anyone down. And Wodehouse is asking the million-dollar question, but he said, Julie and Gabriel are asking themselves the same question. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, Catherine and Graham, I, I'm assuming overhearing their name, just uh, mm-hmm. comes closer to them and asks, uh, tenacious to work what out? So Professor Woodhouse said, uh, commuting across the pond. Mrs. Emerson is at Harvard, and her husband is in Edinburgh. Uh, and both Graham and Catherine looked at her, but Julia had, had was saved by Gabriel appearing. Ta-da! Mm-hmm. So he had, having divested himself of his Harvard crimson. And he's, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for coming. And he kissed Catherine on the cheek and shook hands with everybody else. Um, Julia wanted to embrace him and hold him tightly to find safety in his arms because I, I have a feeling she felt slightly out of her league there, but not not by much. But you know, mm-hmm. little, there's yeah. some intimidation. There's some yeah, intimidating yeah. figures. So, um, but he said uh, Gabriel took her hand and slightly stroked her knuckles with his thumb before lifting his hands to uh, press a kiss to her lips. Or is her hand, and he's let the kiss sort of linger on her skin, and she 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 kind of whispered to him, or she he kind of whispered to her soon, um, and mm. uh, she could feel her skin heat at that point. He released her hand and put it protectively on her lower back, and he turned to Professor Woodhouse, exchanged a few remarks, and then Graham and Professor Woodhouse excused themselves. <laughs> well. Uh, again, you can visualize this happening, right? You know, kind of stepping mm-hmm. aside. Mm-hmm. And, um, Cheryl had noted in here, well, actually, let me, we'll finish the chapter and then we, I'll mention the comment that Cheryl just put in because it was a good one. Yeah. Um, Julia took Gabriel's elbow to tell him what had just transpired. You know, she wanted, she wanted to talk to him, but they were interrupted again by a few faculty members. As the reception wore on, Catherine fell into conversations with an old friend, and Gabriel introduced Julia to more people than she could even count. And finally, you know, and and you understand when you're at a party with someone and 
you're kind of trying to talk to them and, and about something and they, you keep getting interrupted by people coming up and, and chatting with you. And finally they found themselves in a corner and he leaned forward, his lips hovering over her ear. Miss Mitchell. Yes, she answered. And with his breath on neck, he whispered, it's time for our meeting. Yeah. End of chapter. Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. So good. Very good. And <laughs> I love, what a great chapter. Um, and it kind of leads, you know, makes you want to turn the page, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and say, okay, mm -hmm. let's right, get to this meeting. <laughs> and um, I... I was referencing the chat room um, commentary and Ashley said, Cheryl, another great share for SR because Cheryl um, wasn't sure if she mentioned to us. She said, I do not know if I told y'all of the male urologist who kidnapped my iPad and listened to all four books over the weekend. <laughs> and he kept calling asking if Julia was going to die. He is hooked, but he said he feared the demise of Julia as he thought about the parallel between Dante and Beatrice. And so she told him, no, she lives. And I have to say, I remember when I was reading the first time because I knew there was this correlation, I was worried about that too. And then I kept saying there was no way that they would kill off, that SR would kill off Julia. No way. That, that was no. not possible. This would not happen in this story. So, but I just love the fact, Cheryl, you're, you're, uh, you're spreading the SR word, that's for sure. That is for um, sure. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Anna says, that's why I inevitably, I inevitably read the ending chapters first. <laughs> she doesn't want to be hit over the heart or the head with that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's definitely a good, that's a great, really great story, Cheryl. Um, and yeah, in terms of that last paragraph, uh, Betty says, Gabriel, you're raising the heat in the room. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. getting a little warm in here. Mm -hmm. I have to say. And she's it's like, time she for was, our meeting. And that one's one of those meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, wee, as Cheryl said. Uh -huh. <laughs> and Betty said, Mr. Twitchy has been waiting for that meeting. <laughs> it's been six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Betty said, I couldn't let someone else kidnap my audiobooks. She said, say what? I couldn't let them take my audiobooks. And Cheryl said, my family thinks I'm crazy and a little overboard. So, no, there is no such thing, Cheryl. Welcome Not to the family. <laughs> Welcome to the S family. We're all same um, here. Yes. And, and you know, Franca made the, the note that it was a difficult decision for both of them as he was already an established professor and Julie was still working towards it. Mm -hmm. um, but Gabriel definitely knew how to distract her for the moment, little devil. Thank, <laughs> That's thank right. Goodness, I think, thank goodness. I think he also did pick up on her a little bit of anxiety just from being overwhelmed mm -hmm. by the, uh, uh, the people and then some of the questions that Wildhouse was throwing her way. Yes, Anna, you hear, I hear, I hear the voice in my head, right? I hear uh, Julia as Gabriel's voice in my head saying, in my office now, Miss Mitchell. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. and for the normal person, it's been six weeks. For Gabriel, it's been 86 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Betty. Oh, that you're, is so true. Priceless. That is so true. <laughs> priceless. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Gosh. Um, oh, Lori asked, what did SR think of the salon story? Um, Cheryl, I think you had t tweeted him directly about that. I know we mentioned, mm -hmm. I think I mentioned that in the email as well. He yeah, loves. Yeah, we did. He, he mentioned it last week in his email to us about, you know, say hello to all your friends in the salon. Yes. Yes. So make sure your salon friends know mm -hmm. that he's sending them greetings. Yes. And yeah. Cheryl, time did go fast today. We had a lot of, a lot of good chapter to cover. Um, and it's, it's definitely been. Well, yeah, well you know, uh, that, that whole part where he's giving the, you know, giving the introduction of the, what the lectures are going to be about, there was so much in there, you know, mm -hmm. and just to be able to, you know, concisely write that, really I'm in awe of SR for that I really am because it's 
That's yeah. a lot of information in that movie about Lovelina Nova and Dante and Beatrice and, and what their relation would be or would not be. So. Yes, yes. Well, I have to say, um, Cheryl noted that uh, Lori says it is a great chapter, and Cheryl's noting that she's headed to the salon now. So tell all your friends. SR says hi. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frank also noted that poor Julia had been working hard on his accent. So, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's definitely, he's very diligent about uh, bringing the best that he can to his performance. And mm-hmm. um, being fortunate enough to witness his work ethic um, firsthand, it's, it's incredibly impressive. And he works with a um, diction uh, coach from, yeah, Thomas. From we, I, we actually got to chat with him. Um, he's a professor, um, Mm -hmm. at Syracuse university in the U S and, um, just a really, really, um, their, their connection, um, is also really great. It's a great Mm -hmm. friendship. You can see they, they enjoy each other's company and, um, they work tirelessly. So yeah, kudos to Julio and to Thomas for the hard work. Mm -hmm. Well, what I, I thought what was really funny Mm -hmm. was, um, you know, Julio posted copies of, uh, you know, like a scene that he's working on. And he and Tom were talking about the word vanity, V-A-N-I-T-Y. And Julio's like, well, in English, it would be vanity. And Tom was telling it's vanity. Mm-hmm. There's a D in there. So it was funny to hear, the, hear them going back and forth on the word so it was, mm-hmm. it was like yeah tom's impressive he he's an instructor in uh, the theater uh, program mm-hmm. at syracuse mm-hmm. university and um yeah he really really um he was he's very mm-hmm. impressive mm-hmm. i think he's his students are very lucky and i think julio's lucky to have uh him to work with absolutely um yeah betty betty was wondering uh <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I just saw Anna's Anna's uh, quote. Um, or Cheryl said, Julia in speech class, as I say, reminded me of my days in speech. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Anna said, we're going to need a hard copy for next chapter. <laughs> I think so, too, Anna. I'll make sure Absolutely. to buy uh, buy something appropriate to, to uh, pop Absolutely. in my copy. Um, you know, it's funny. And Betty because... was wondering how long it would take to write, how long it took him to write the lecture scenes. So... I did actually. I did actually send him an, uh, an email yesterday when I was putting that stuff together, and and just just to, it was actually last night. I'd finished the the notes were done, but just to see you know mm-hmm. what where one why. But um, you know, one of the things about the dialect coach, um, I don't know if anybody's watching The Era of East Town on HBO. Not yet. On and my list. <laughs> can't. Uh, you know, Kate Winslet, the British actress, she's, I love her. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, lo- I've watched her in a lot of films and that she's really good. But for people who aren't from my part of the state of Pennsylvania or my part of the world, Philadelphia accent is, is very different in a lot of ways. Um, when you say the word, if you say the word for E-A-G-L-E-S, eagles, it's eagle. Mm-hmm. And water, W-A-T-E-R, is water. W-O-O-D-E-R is the pronunciation. So Kate Winslet worked with a dialect coach for her accent in that film. And it, it, they said it's like one of the hardest ones to get. Um, you know, it's, you know, because you can sound I'm, more well, southern. I'm totally, now I'm totally intrigued. Yeah. Because you it can was, definitely pick it up if you're local. Yeah, and I mean, I have, and I've tried very hard to get rid of the accent for many, many years, and because it just drives me crazy. It's mm-hmm. just really <laughs> awful. A W F U L, not O F F A L. And, uh, but, you know, <laughs> she's picked it up. And for those of you who don't know, Wawa is a true store, and they do have lots of coffee, good hoagies. <laughs> Uh, lots of great stuff. Anyway. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And I, I'm just scrolling through some of the other comments, uh, noting that Julia has been working really hard on his ac- accent. Mm-hmm. Um, Brenda has total respect for him, true dedication at its finest. 
finest. I cannot underscore that enough, Brenda. Uh, honestly, I am in awe of his work ethic. All of those, really. But Julio, um, he was he was driven because he was so really so committed to bringing mm. this role. He really knew how treasured this book is, and he really wanted to be the right caregiver, caretaker for that role. Mm-hmm. Um, it was incre- incredibly impressive yeah. to see his work ethic. I, I hold him in very high esteem for that reason. Um, Cheryl right. said, actor in the dentist, too, is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And Anna noted, I think Gabriel with a little Italian accent is perfect casting. Absolutely. Uh, and Franca noted, Melanie also astounds me how she slips so easily from Australian to American. I can't pick up an accent at all. Maybe you from the USA can. Just depends on the person, Franca, I think. I mean, some people are gifted with being able to slip in and out of accents. Others, not so much. And to um, be honest least... with you, when we met her on set um, for Gabriel's Inferno, I didn't really know she was an Australian accent uh, actress. I did not know that at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear talking in class, and, of course, it's an American accent. And then after she gets off the stage or off the set, she slipped, she goes right into her normal accent. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> She's really yep. good. It was really good. It was really good. They're very, very good. Um, Annette noted Julia is a perpetual student, which I think is most noble. He never stops learning and pushing himself to be the best, and that makes him beautiful. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Julia is amazing as Cheryl notes. Um, she does it perfectly. Lori, Lori noted. And Betty says, it is, is it wrong? At first I didn't think there was anything wrong with the way Julia read vanity. After listening to Tom though, I thought Tom's right. Both sounded right to me. And I think, yeah, it, I, that makes sense. Um, that definitely makes sense. Um, SNL did a sketch about that last week. I did not know. Um, you had a different dialect, Lori noted. I think she's talking about mm-hmm. the Philly. Yeah, um, the mayor of yeah. Eastern. And mm. Brenda laughed. She said, in New Orleans, we say it the same way Julia was saying it. Um, and Annette said, I feel the same way about the NOLA one, but I can step into it when needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If Bre- uh, Brenda and Annette, I don't know if you guys realize you're in the same neck of the woods. So might need to go grab a Cesarac. It's a, it's a wicked hard place. <laughs> um, Anna awesome. says she pronounces the T in vanity enunciation people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nola, I can hear. And Wawa is here, but a massage parlor. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's fantastic, Cheryl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk to my friend from Pennsylvania about that. Wawa <laughs> down in Atlanta. Who lives, he lives in Atlanta now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Betty says, I feel like Julia should get an award for all of his hard work. Well, I think he's getting the award of gratitude and adoration of his fans. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very impressed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Black Lab Lady said, if you want multiple accents in one state, come visit me in Maine and have some clam chowder. <laughs> well, you always got to go for the chowder. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> and that says Anna vanity is when you have what you have about things vanity is what I put my hair supplies on <laughs> and uh, yeah Betty noted about not realizing about Melanie's accent mm-hmm. yes yeah, they're both they're just brilliant they're really really brilliant and Ms. Epiphany said Julia's accent brings a level of sophistication to Gabriel's depiction Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think we've had, you know, we've had discussions about that, that, you know, Gabriel wanted to be a worldly presence. He wanted to show that he was educated and cultured. So he wouldn't sound like his typical. And I can tell you, cause I live about 40 miles from Sealands Grove. I'm very close to Sealands Grove and he didn't want to sound like central Pennsylvania. Uh, he wanted to sound uh, more uh, cultured and more worldly, I think, mm-hmm. than, and I I don't know if that's rightly or wrongly, you know, because I, I have a big belief that you shouldn't forget where you come from. Um, but I think he was trying to prove that he has, he has improved himself through education. 
Absolutely. Um, so Franca's heading out. Thank you for joining us, Thanks, Franca. Franca for, for being here. Um, Thank she's you very jealous the of the lucky ladies going to set this week. She looks forward to more behind the scene pics. Yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. And Cheryl's been posting a couple links in that we can check out. <laughs> for the uh, Wawa Spa. <laughs> for the Wawa Spa. I love it. I love it. Uh, so anyway. Uh, oh, yes. And, and, and Brenda and Annette now are connecting <laughs> where they're connecting. There you go. So. Anyway. I wanted to thank everybody for listening today. Um, next week, uh, we're going to take a break next week. My granddaughter is uh, arriving on Wednesday, and she will be here until June 1st. And I'm very excited about it because I have not spent any time with her in a year. So I'm going to, if you, we're going to take a break next week so I can spend time with her. Yes, and it's also a holiday weekend in the U.S. So mm-hmm. um, have a wonderful uh Memorial Day um, weekend, and uh, remember to thank those Absolutely. Uh, who served. Um, and we also, um, I'm just seeing a couple little chats here. Um, Black Lab Lady, we love that you can join when you can. She said she knows Saturdays are difficult for her. Come when you can, and when you miss us, Absolutely. you can always listen to, you can listen to the podcast at any time on all of the different platforms where our podcast streams. That's right. Um, and Cheryl, I want a full report on what you think of all the ladies. Uh, she's hitting, uh, having dinner with a lot of the SR fans who are coming into town, who are founding members and going That's to the great. set visit. Um, it's a wonderful way to meet the SR family. Um, they're just, it's just a wonderful gift that we uh, can get together. So mm-hmm. um, we will, as Pam noted, be back in two weeks and so you're gonna have to (laughs) anticipate that that office (laughs) i know we're making you wait two more weeks gabriel would not be pleased with us no he would not then it would be 90 years rather than 86 (laughs) anyway time time for the meeting in two weeks so sending you all um love and light have a great weekend and pam Happy Victoria Day. I'm I'm, uh, happy Victoria Day, and I'm ending it with a Canadian band, The Band, and it's called The Wait.